Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining me in the show are Gail and Colin from Body High Fitness in Chicago, Illinois. Welcome to the show, you guys. How are you both doing today? Great. Thank Great. you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. I am excited to dive into the nitty gritty side of this gym business because the backstory sounds very interesting. You know, you guys is back, you know, history and how you got into this. But before we dive into the business stuff, I'm curious, you know, for the listeners and so they can gain a better understanding of you guys, what was the main, you know, pushing force that got you guys into this gym business? Yeah, we uh, we both have a business background, but COVID-19 was really the catalyst for us that pushed us to have this dream of ours come to fruition a lot earlier than what we anticipated. Um, during the pandemic, I think, I know a lot of people started to maybe focus on their health a little bit more and realize that that's really important for their livelihood and longevity in their life. Um, and so we wanted to take advantage of that and help people in our community reach their health goals and fitness goals um, quicker and more accessible than, than the opportunities that already existed in the neighborhood. Okay. Yeah, we were really excited to kind of bring a, a new concept that was locally owned to our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. There's certainly, uh, you know, almost uh, hard to count how many different studios there are in our area in Chicago, um, but none of them are locally owned really, and not, none of them really focused on our specific concept. Um, so we had a lot of confidence going into the idea that we could get customers because there was just nothing else like like what we had. Yeah. So the main catalyst here was the year 2020, COVID-19, all that stuff. Push you guys into this gym business. And one of the things that, you know, stood out to me, what you guys said is that, you know, there's a gap there. There wasn't the services that you guys wanted there. So you guys came into that gap, you filled it, and now you're able to serve your community. So with that, it leads me to, you know, my first question in here is, you know, for the listeners understanding of who you are and what it is that you guys do, why don't you give them your elevator pitch? So, you know, what services do you guys offer and who do you serve in terms of people? Yeah. Uh, so we're primarily a group fitness class um, studio. So we offer about 40 different group fitness classes throughout the week, um, mornings, afternoon, evening classes for our, for our clients. We like to pride ourselves on being a very beginner-friendly gym, but also we definitely have some advanced members who have been working out for a long time. Uh, but we don't want our gym to be intimidated to walk into and to be very welcoming. Uh, our favorite stories are those of people coming in after the pandemic who said they haven't worked out in two years. Um, and so this is their first workout and seeing them be able to finish and complete it and feel that accomplishment has is really what we are doing this for um yeah no i agree i think you know we, we did a, a fair amount of traveling before we opened this and so we would get a taste of different concepts mm -hmm. um and so this is kind of a reflection of that of like bits and pieces from different studios that we've been to across the united states and um you know specifically what we like to focus on is strength and conditioning we call it so mm -hmm. you know we would go to some studios and you're spending half of the time on a treadmill um, or half of the time on, um, you know, on a bike or something. And that was the other thing that happened during COVID is a lot of folks really invested in their at-home gym equipment. They got Pelotons, they got treadmills. And so we felt like 
we needed to build something that kind of addressed that where if you wanted to do your cycling for an hour at home, you could do that, but then have somewhere else where you could really focus on strength and conditioning. Mm -hmm. So we invested a lot of money on the outset in equipment, um, dumbbells, you know, all sorts of, of, of strength equipment to really allow folks to, you know, get an experience that they couldn't then get at home. Mm -hmm. Okay. So is it only the group classes there or do you guys also offer some additional services like personal training, other services? What does that look like for you guys? Yeah. Yeah. We definitely offer personal training. Most of our trainers uh, are personal tr certified trainers as well. Uh, so we'll see a lot of beginners that come in who want more one-on-one -on -one attention than they get in the, in the, classes so they'll often go to a personal or one of our trainers and learn you know the fundamentals the foundation of lifting mm -hmm. so they can feel a little bit more confident to attend our classes um recently we also added open gym times to our schedule so our members can come in on off hours and just use our equipment and our cardio equipment and do their own thing um we'll also offer them a program if they'd like to we'll put that up on the tv for them but um we've had definitely some good feedback and people taking advantage of those times too Okay, so mainly the group, personal training, and a little bit of open gym there. So yeah. that leads me to my next question. How many people are you serving at your guys' gym facility? Yeah, so currently we're at about 130 members. Um, so those are members that pay on a monthly membership plan. Uh, most of them are auto pay memberships. We do have some class pack options, but most of that's recurring re revenue. Uh, and then we also are on class pass and a few other corporate um, networks that help um, employees at bigger corporations find like local studios like us. So I would say all in all we service. Oh, that's a good question. Like how many people per week? Um, probably like 300 people per week come through um mostly members for sure um but we still are seeing a lot of new people come in we do offer a free week for all new local clients so mm -hmm. we'll see quite a bit right now we're seeing about 15 to 20 new people come in per week um most of them you know try a class or two some of them are just from out of town but um we do see some good retention from that as well okay so you said 130 members right now. Yeah. So I'm curious, what have you guys done for the marketing side of things to get those people into your facility? Yeah, so that's evolves over time for us. At the beginning, uh, um, we obviously just wanted to get people in the door. And so we did everywhere from Instagram ads, we did Facebook ads, um, we, we had local newspapers um, run stories on us, reached out to local publications like that. Um, we also reached out to local fitness influencers to help get our name out there. Mm -hmm. But all in all, and this is going to sound a little silly, but our best marketing tactic was investing in a $300 sidewalk sign um, that we put out side of our door. And we've gotten the most, I think, people in through that that advertisements because our walkability on our street is so great that there's so many people just walking up and down that oftentimes they they find us because they just see that sign and they look in or they see mm -hmm. in the sign says you know free week of classes that's been the most successful for us we've actually ended all of our social media facebook campaigns and any other marketing campaigns um probably about eight months ago is the last time we used those tactics um and still are seeing 15 new people come in every week uh so it's yeah. kind of become, I think, a word of mouth more mm -hmm. um, and also brand awareness in the neighborhood. Yeah, I, 
I think it's a reflection of really a core tenant of, of the idea, which was to be in a very walkable area of the city. Mm -hmm. So we get a lot of folks that just walk in. I mean, they say the most important thing in real estate is location, 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 the three mm -hmm. most important things, right? So we took that to heart. Um, and so, you know, you could argue our, you know, our rent is our marketing cost because we do pay a higher rent to be in such a desirable location, um, yeah. stretch of street in, in Chicago, but um, in doing so, we get a lot of visibility. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm curious, you know, for the listeners who may want to go into that paid advertising route, just real quick, mm -hmm. why'd you guys stop that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was handling most of that. I've got a little bit of a background in, in digital marketing. Um, you know, it, it's hard to understand attribution, I would say, in our space. You know, we ask everyone when they come in, hey, how'd you hear about us? Um, and you can count on those answers a little bit, but a lot of times it's just, oh, I was walking by, you know, oh, I, you know, I saw you in an article or something like that. Very rarely was it, you know, oh, I saw your Facebook ad. Mm. Um, and so it was a little bit hard to get attribution. I, I would say if we had a larger space and a higher capacity, we would probably continue to do it because I don't yeah. want to say that it wasn't valuable, but I just feel like we kind of reached our we ramped up quicker than we having had been expecting. And so um, to kind of maintain a positive experience where people weren't, you know, joining and then not being able to get into a class, we kind of pumped the brakes on marketing a little bit. Yeah. So that um, if, and when we open a second studio, I, we would definitely revisit those channels and yeah. strategies of marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense now. Um, Cause I a hundred percent agree with you there. If you're not able to fulfill and handle the amount of volume, then what's the point of using it, right? Yeah. Um, right. So hypothetically speaking, you know, what's your guys' idea in terms of a second location? Because you just mentioned it. Like, what's the timeline? What's the plan to get there? Yeah, um, we've been wanting to do it, probably ready to do it for the last six months. Um, but it, it it's a lot. I honestly, we came into the current location. I think we got really lucky. We found yeah. the location. Um, it was the first place we looked at. It was really the only place we looked at. Um, we were able to negotiate with the landlords and it and it worked out. Um, I think we were a little jaded by that because the second time around, um, we're trying to get into different neighborhoods in the city. And um, we've gone through a couple already where we've gone into the contract negotiations and it and it didn't work out. Or it's mm -hmm. it's it's been really tough for us to find the right place. And like we said earlier, location is everything for us, especially since our brand isn't as, oh, our brand awareness isn't as great as um, more of the chain studios. So we really yep. need to be in a location where people walk by and see us. Um, and finding the right space for, in the right location has been tougher than we admit than we imagined, but um, we are actually seeing a place this afternoon for the second time. And we have a couple more on the radar that we're pursuing. So hopefully sooner rather than later, we're in the location. If we could be in the location tomorrow, that would be fantastic. But we are optimistic and hoping in the next six months, we can at least be in. We'd love to open up next spring, kind of the same timeline that we did the first one. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, we're, we, like Colin said, we're at capacity at our current one. So we and we saw the success of it. It was kind of a test drive for us. We wanted to see if the concept would work. Yeah. It proved to work. And so now we're ready to take it to the next level. Yeah, I think that was definitely a, uh, something that we've learned here over the last couple of months is just how hard it is to to expand. I, mean, I, I think Gail was right. We got kind of lucky with the first one. And it was, 
you know, back to the COVID story, I think yeah. it was a part of that where there was just a lot of retail space openings in our area as a result of COVID with restaurants closing and other small businesses closing. So there was a lot of supply that's kind of gone away now. And so, you know, we put an LOI in on a space in another neighborhood and it was us and a, uh, you know, a medical oriented um, office building and they went with the medical company because they had a longer history, right? They were backed by institutional capital. So that's always a struggle, you know, for any mm -hmm. listeners that have no background in any kind of business or, you know, this is their first foray into entrepreneurship. It's definitely hard to, you know, credentialize yourself with, with the real estate side because they're going to want, you know, an established business. Yeah. And if you're going up against, you know, your new concept versus an established business, they're going to go with that established business. It's extremely competitive. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like spring of 23, you guys want to get that second location, but of course it depends on what, you know, what the market is at, what the demand and supply is. But right now in your guys' business, what is the main priority? Cause Gail, you said like, you're at like the max cap right now. So what's the main priority to, to maximize that location? Yeah, I, we could still fit a few more members, I think. So, but that I wouldn't say is the main priority um, for us. I, I, we've been focusing on really the second location and finding that second location, but also we've been improving our current location as much as we can. Um, every couple of months, we'll add new pieces of equipment. We recently um, added barbells into our group fitness classes, which we've gotten really good feedback on. We're doing some also improvement around like, um, cosmetic things as well, like lighting, uh, and continuing just to find ways to improve our current one. Mm -hmm. Um, we have raised membership prices alongside with that because we're trying Good. to raise the quality of our space. Yeah. Um, and then of course, always main hoping to maintain our low expense, but yeah. yeah. For the first one, I think right now the focus is just continuing like a process of continual improvement yeah. for the customer experience, right? right? Like we're more the business side. I think I would put our trainers up against any other studio in the city and frankly in the coast. I mean, I truly believe that our trainers are second to none. Um, and so we're focusing on how do we really, um, you know, enhance and, and give them the tools to create like the best hour long fitness experience in, you know, in, in the city. So um, working with them on programming, making sure they have the right resources and equipment to, to really help everyone have the best experience that they can. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I have a question here for you guys, cause you both are business people. You guys understand that side. So, you know, there's three ways to grow a gym. One, getting more memberships Two, basically getting more money from each member and mm -hmm. three, retain them longer. What is the one priority out of those three, like within the business side of things? Yeah, it's a good question. I, you know, I think we've always been focused more on just increasing the number of members that we've had. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, slowly kind of increasing the, the monthly rates if we have to, if we feel like we're growing maybe too fast and we just slow down the number of folks that are coming in. Mm -hmm. We haven't done a lot on the retention side. Um, you know, we use the MindBody software platform and they do have some analytics around retention. And I think yeah. our retention metrics are, are pretty good, mm -hmm. um, but certainly something that we could look into more. Um, you know, we do a lot of like uh, member, like appreciation type things, like different, um, you know, you, 
if you come to the class this many times in a month, we'll get you in a raffle and you'll, you know, get a prize of some sort, um, mm -hmm. stuff like that. We could probably do more of that if you wanted to work on the retention side. Yeah. What's your perspective on that? Uh, I would echo everything Colin said. We definitely were focused more on the number at the beginning. We came in with which I think was really helpful is we did like a founding rate um, the first four months that we were open and it was a really low rate of membership. And, and another thing is, I think it does help retain is we never raise prices on current members. So once they lock in at that price, they're locked in it forever. It's the new members that come in that we raise the prices for. Um, so the founding members, when they came in, they're, they're at the lowest rate that anybody has. And we, that's probably the biggest pool of population and, of membership that we have still, meaning I we have like six different types of memberships. And our biggest type is probably our founding members because they're at a really good rate and they still come very frequently. Yeah, that's um, a good value. So, so we were just trying to get them in the door. We gave them that really good rate. We have since raised our prices by I think $30 a month. Um, and so now I, I think we are focusing on retaining, I think helping to get that equipment and helping improve the programming and working with the trainers and always trying to improve their experiences, how we're retaining. Um, I would say when we lose people though, it's not, we do have them fill out an exit survey and it's, I, I like to hope I like that approach. Yes. Yeah. I like to hope it's their honest feedback, but it's never, um, an issue of like, you know, they don't want to do the workout anymore. They don't like the workout or they have an issue with our studio mm -hmm. nine times out of 10 it's they're moving. Um, a lot of, and, and like we said in Chicago, it's a very huge fitness industry. There are yeah. so many opportunities of working out a Big lot city. of people. If they move a different neighborhood, they're going to move to a different gym. It's just mm -hmm. all about convenience. So it's really about moving is when we lose people. So I think our, our retain, our retainment is, is actually pretty good. Okay. So this next question, I always like to ask it because it gets not only the listeners and me thinking, but also you guys thinking. So what do you guys think is the biggest bottleneck in the business right now that is keeping you from getting to that next level of business? Yeah, definitely your space. Can yeah, it's us. our space. Right. Um, mm -hmm. We at, like we're at 1800 square feet and we use every single one of those feet with mm -hmm. very good intention. Like every piece of equipment is placed very strategically. Um, at our current space, we don't have the leisure of having like locker rooms, for example. So we would love to have that. Um, we just, we can't, we can't grow anymore at where we're at. Like we're really constrained. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if we could solve that, like to your earlier question about sales and marketing, like we'd love, to, we'd love to get more creative in the sales and marketing side and do partnerships with other local businesses, right? To get our name out the, out there. Um, but we're just kind of afraid that, you know, people are going to be disappointed when they come because they can't get in the class time that they want. Right. Like we st we're starting to have, we have wait lists for, for our classes. And as, as great that is, as great as that is, I just, I hate the thought of a member not being able to work out when they want to work out. Like I, the wait lists are good, but also like I'm more empathetic about them. And I, I we don't want those wait lists. Like I want people to be able to work out when they want to work out. So, um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like going back to, you know, what I said a little earlier in terms of like the three ways to grow, obviously you guys are, are perfectly fine with the getting people in. So I'm curious, have you guys ever considered, you know, increasing the prices on the members? So not only they buy in more, but you also bring in more revenue. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, we've we've done about three price increases. My I I I struggle with going too much higher because of our lack of amenities that we're able to provide to our clients. Um, we are, I would say, the cheapest with the cheapest gym with our type of workout that's provided in Chicago. I I would argue that you can't find a cheaper one than us um, comparatively. Uh, so I think there is a little bit of wiggle room to be able to increase prices. I get a little nervous about that just from the client empathetic side, but I know Colin from a business perspective, it, our goal, I think when we first built out the model was to actually have a higher membership yeah. rate. I want to yeah. hear your perspective. Yeah, Colin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to hear it. It's all about value to me, right? Like if you look at some of our competitors, like I won't name names, but there's you know, studios out there that are $300 plus a month. Mm -hmm. um, you know, our founding memberships was what, 149 a 139. month? 139 a month. Um, and I would say that our experience is on par or better than that $300 a month studio. Mm -hmm. um, and I know it because we get customers from them. So it's about, to me, it's about value. So I, I don't think that we'll, you know, increase the pricing a lot on our existing base. Um, but I think the reality is if we're, you know, if we're confident in our, in the value that we're providing and that it is a high quality experience, mm -hmm. I think that we do need to match that pricing up with, with our competitors. If, if 100%. That's the market rate. Yeah, I agree with you there. Well, guys, before we sign off, what is that one piece of advice that you guys wish you had before you guys got into gym ownership? <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Um, you know, <laughs> it's hard in my other kind of entrepreneurial endeavors it it's not a face to face with the customer mm -hmm. um and so with this in a retail type environment you're face to face with your customer and so like you know whether it's Gail or I working the front desk I will tell you that we're both like in a constant state of like not anxiety but just like we hope that everything goes right you know we've had a situation in the past couple of weeks where somebody rolled an ankle on mm -hmm. a kettlebell Right. And so it's just that like, you're always kind of like gripping the chair to be like, I hope nothing goes wrong. I hope nothing mm -hmm. goes wrong. Um, so my advice would just be like to understand that and that like things will go wrong, but have a positive kind of solutions oriented mm -hmm. mindset about it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's never not an answer to a problem that you're dealing with. There's going to be not good answers, but you just have to kind of roll the punches and, and, and go with it. Yeah. In mine, I think kind of the people person thing, I wasn't, I think one thing that drives us is we're very personable. And so all of our clients know us. Um, we, whenever our client comes to us with an issue or needs help, we're always client first, client friendly. Um, and I think that goes a long way. We've been really lucky with our community that we built and they're, they're a really great community. So we don't have had a lot of issues like that, but like with any business, um, no one, like we, one thing when we opened up, we had a huge sound issue, like huge, huge sound issue. Um, and I didn't sleep at night. Like it was the most stress. And I never thought, never thought any, like opening up this space that that would be what my issue would be. Another issue is like our, our speakers all of a sudden quit one day, just stopped mm -hmm. working in the middle of a class, music quit. Everyone's working out in complete silence. So I'm running home to grab my personal speakers to bring them back to the gym to just put some sound out. And it's things like that where it's like, you're just always on your toes, hoping that nothing goes wrong, but ready when something does go wrong and always trying to stay positive, especially in front of the client. Um, mm -hmm. You're just always having to be on your A game, which is exciting and exhausting at the same time. 
Um, but it's definitely built a tougher skin than I ever imagined hmm. that I would ever have, like come at me with anything and knock on wood, I can still, I can handle it. So, um, it's just kind of like, always be, always be ready. Yeah. So similar to Colin in a way of roll with the punches, just yeah. gotta be prepared for yeah. every single instance that it's, could possibly happen. It's literally crazy. The craziest things last night, our front desk emailed us, there was a massive car accident out in front of the, of the studio during class. And so it's like, well, we didn't really pre prepare for that or like oh. what do we do in these scenarios. Like, it's just, it's just, you know, as long as you have a positive um, attitude and I think your clients see that, and then the culture you build is that then anything that happens, they're super understanding. Like if a trainer is late or something goes wrong, they're like, Hey, you know, Colin and Gail, they're so great. Like, I understand, like they'll make it work. We, we always make it work. So kind of having that culture has really helped us. Yeah. That's awesome guys. Thank you for sharing those lessons there. But before we sign off, where can our listeners find you on your social medias and your website? Yeah. So, um, at our website is just www.bodyhighfitness.com. Um, you can find everything about us on there. We also have an Instagram handle that's active and just body high fitness. Um, so those are the main two forms of communication, but yeah. Yeah. Awesome. If you're in Chicago, stop by. We're uh, in the Wicker Park neighborhood, uh, 1807 West division. Do it, you guys. Awesome. Guys. Well, thank you for sharing those. And I want to thank you both for taking the time out of your day to be here, be here in the podcast and to share all your learnings and lessons and value with our listeners. Um, it means a lot. Yeah, thanks for and to Everyone else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Derek from CrossFit, Bosom in Bosom, UK. Welcome to the show, Derek. How are you doing today? Hey, Hannah. Yeah, doing, doing great, thanks. It's pretty, pretty chilly in the UK at the moment, so wrapped okay. up warm. Yeah, I don't miss that. I'm in Texas now where it's nice and warm. <laughs> um, but super excited to have you on today. But before we dive into what you have going on, how you run the business, first, tell us a little bit about what made you want to start the gym in the first place. Uh, yeah, so we um, yeah, started back uh, about 18 months ago. We, um, I was working in a gym and the pandemic, COVID, um, kind of put a bit of a stop to that the gym was open close open close and um i um i personally was working in in the trades i was a carpenter um at the time and was doing a bit of gym coaching on the side um but was enjoying it a lot um and um i don't know what it was like for you guys in the states but there was one of the lockdowns where we could meet one other person and go and do some exercise 
so I, I was meeting with a friend of mine and we were just going for, for a run and so on. Um, and yeah, got chatting to him. Um, and, and he was like, Hey, why, why don't you just start training me? Um, and I said, yeah, okay, cool. Let's do it. Um, and so we kicked off, I bought some adjustable dumbbells and some foam mats and we met on a field in the village, um, around the corner from my house, um, and started training him twice a week. Um, and then his wife wanted to get involved. So, so I started training her with uh, alongside him. Um, and then, then another friend of mine said, Hey, look, why don't you start training me as well? And we, would, I was, you know, meeting one-to-one, um, and it just kept growing like that, just kept growing like that. So, and, and I was just having loads of fun. It, it, it kind of started by accident. If I'm honest with you, I didn't really mean to start a gym, um, but I was just really enjoying myself. Um, I was really having fun connecting with people like that, um, helping people move well, um, helping people enjoy fitness um, and it not be a slog and a, and a drag for people. Um, and just, just really enjoyed particularly friends of mine, um, allowing them to experience you know better fitness and better movement um in a in a really fun way um so that's kind of how it started and why i wanted to start it because because i kind of took a taste of it and um and, and really enjoyed it and so kind of let it let it grow around me really that's awesome is it your full-time job now to run the gym yeah yeah it is yeah so for a while i was doing um some stuff in the building trade and and training people um, but it didn't take long before that was way too busy, right? So I had to, um, yeah, just say, okay, it's it's a bit of a leap of faith. Um, but I had I had to just say, I'm I'm doing the gym full time now. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I feel like all great businesses kind of just start as a passion and then a leap of faith, and then grow yeah, that's really cool. Um, tell yeah. us about CrossFit Bosom. What services do you offer? How do you describe it to someone who's never been in before? Yeah, nice. Um, so we're we're a community gym. You know, CrossFit is is a lot about community, right? Um, and we we major pretty heavily on that. We Bosom is is a quaint little village on the south coast in England. Um, it's got a pretty pretty good village vibe and, and community vibe around it. Um, and so there's there's lots of people who um, friends of friends who have come and joined and trained here. Um, and so we, yeah, we major on community. We major on friendship and it's, you're not just coming in to, to sweat it out for an hour. You're, you're coming in to be a part of something um, bigger um, and people who are interested in, in your life. Um, so we offer a full class program, um, you know, early mornings, evenings, lunch times, post-school run, that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, we, we, follow a, we follow a CrossFit program for that. Um, but we also offer PTs, one-to-ones for people who want to push in certain different areas. Um, we also do some kids stuff. So we've got, we've got three different age kids groups um, that is, you know, that's quite exciting. We've got, we've got good links with a local school. Um, and, you know, those, the kids come straight from school to the, to the class, which, which is fun. I'm just off to do that after this. Um, and then we also offer a, um, what we call the master's program, which is around 60 plus age group, um, where they slow the music right down <laughs> and they, um, you know, they, they, they take everything a bit, bits more slow and take a bit more rest, but 
the idea being you know to get them to move well um and and to keep healthy as as they grow older um yeah they're, they're the main services that we offer that's awesome that you're really serving all ages like there's something for the kids all the way to like yeah. six plus that's really yeah. unique and awesome that, that you offer that so how many members um do you currently have um so we're we're knocking on the door of 100 um including kind of adult kids and and the masters um so yeah we like i said we started about 18 months ago with one um you know and so it's it's kind of shot along and it's really it never ceases to amaze me how quickly it's grown and it still is um you know post christmas we i'm expecting a bit more of an influx as well um so yeah we like i said we're, we're knocking on the door of 100 at the moment Awesome. How did you get from 18 months ago having one person to now being almost at 100 people? Has it all been word of mouth or have you used any sort of advertising? Mainly word of mouth, to be honest. Um, we, we've done a little bit of social media stuff. Um, and as we've grown, that's grown with it. Um, but initially, I guess the first 50 was just word of mouth, um, you know, friends and friends and friends and spouses and so on. Um, so that's, um, that was, that was really fun because you kind of got people who are mates already and kind of really building on that, um, community vibe, I guess, of, of the village. Um, so that, yeah, that was, that was, it's really fun like that. You go, oh, you know, so-and-so knows so-and-so who comes in and, oh, I didn't realize you trained here as well. It's, it's quite exciting like that. But we, yeah, we've used social media too, um, just more just to raise awareness rather than to sort of directly advertise, um, just to raise awareness that we are, that we're here. Um, we moved location um, two or three months ago and we're quite close to some, some larger roads now. So we've got, um, we've got pretty good accessibility. So that, that was the point where I was like, okay, we want to, I want to be a bit more visible um to people who might be outside of that village environment and and recognize that we that we're we're a facility that can be used yeah definitely tell me about your experience on social media do you just organically post how often are you posting or do you put any money into social media um so directly we don't put any money in i i've got a member who um who swaps her membership for kind of helping she's a marketing strategist so she helps us strategize that marketing process. Um, so directly no money into Instagram or Facebook or anything like that. Um, we've, we've had different seasons, if you like. We've had moments where we've posted fairly regularly, i.e. two or three times a week. Um, and then we've had times where there hasn't been anyone doing it and we've been, we've been fairly shy on it. Um, I guess I guess my experience with that be would be that the more we post, the more I get the cold calls. Um, you know, get people who who I wouldn't normally contact with. So you know, in terms of it being an advertising source, it's fantastic for that um, because it because it, it just allows for people who I wouldn't normally have contact with to to recognise who we are and, and where we are. Yeah, definitely. I think word of mouth is like great because it's going to build that community. Everyone's going to know each other, but at some yeah. point it starts to slow down. It could be a little unpredictable. Um, and yeah. so social media helps reach those people that might not have a connection to your members, but would really yeah. benefit from your services for sure. Yeah.
Um, have you considered putting money into social media advertising? Is that something that you would do in the future? Yeah, we definitely considered it. Um, and to, you know, to get some paid ads out there. Um, but right now we haven't needed it. Um, you know, we don't, we, we don't need that input just yet. So kind of reserving that for, um, for, for, for when we do need it. Um, you know, um, the way it's grown so far has been, has been really organic um, and really keen to carry on that organic growth. Um, like I don't want to jump too, jump too far too fast. Um, and, and I believe that we would, I think the gym will benefit for that um, because I don't want to jump, jump beyond what I can, what I can manage. Got a little boy wanting to see me. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into that a little bit. So you're a dad and you're running a business. Like, how do you manage your time? How do you keep everything organized? Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's not easy actually, as you can probably hear from the crying crying boy. Um, it's um, you know, I'm a dad of three, so I've got eight, five, and two year old. Um, it's uh, it, it is taxing on on my family. Um, because a lot of the time I'm out early morning coaching and the, the spare time I have is while they're at school or, um, or whatever. So, um, you, um, how do I manage it? <laughs> Sometimes I think not very well. <laughs> um, but we, we draw a lot of help from the community around us. So actually there's a few members who help with babysitting. You know, my wife trains in the gym as well. Um, and she's she's just starting to build a nutrition side to to the gym too, um, so it's it's in the future it's definitely going to become something that's our whole family are involved with, um, which kind of helps too because she's on board with it right. So she, it's not something that she's distant from or doesn't understand. She's she's invested, um, invested with it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's not easy, and I think it's I think it's probably true of any business really. But I think particularly the gym business, because the hours that you need to be busy are the hours that typically people are at home, and outside those school and office hours. Um, yeah, so for anyone who's listening who's thinking about starting the gym with a family, like bear that in mind for sure, because um, it's it's taxing on those times. I sprint home from um, from classes sometimes just so I can say goodnight to the kids and so I can see them that day you know so it's that that's hard work but I think it's worth it you know they're, they're, they're into it they enjoy it so do you have staff that helps you in the gym as well do I have what sorry staff um in the gym like coaches or anyone that helps yeah you yeah so we I've got um currently got three other coaches who do stuff with me so um i've got one guy who he does the main uh, like a fair bit alongside me um we've got similar experience um and similar aspirations um and um yeah and i've got a guy who runs that whole masters section so i've kind of been able to hand that to him um and i've got a, a girl who does some um does does some of the kids stuff with me um and I think that's the other thing around around the community stuff is that when when you're in community and you invest in that community locally, you you get people popping up who who want to help. Um, so I've got a lady who who 
helps do my bookkeeping. And again, I swapped some membership for that, for her. Um, and she just loves it. She just loves investing in the business. She believes in, in what we're trying to achieve. And she, and she believes in me personally. Um, and she does some of the stuff that I just wouldn't do if, if, if I was left to myself. And, and so that's incredibly helpful. Um, and we, we got a girl now who she brings her, her daughter to the kids stuff. She, she's, she's a videographer, just getting back into, into that work post children. And she's just making a couple of videos for us just because she wants to, and, and, you know, kind of wants to swap it for, for time. You know, she just believes in it. And, and I think when you, when you grow a gym around a community, you get people who go, wow, this is good. And, and I want to give to it. Um, and there's, there's a whole host of people, I guess, who aren't directly staff, but have helped it happen um, or help, helped it become what it is today um, that, that have just given stuff free, you know, like free of charge. And that's, and I feel incredibly privileged and blessed um, for, for that. So yeah, there's lots of people who help. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I love that you're building a community and your community's on board and they want to help you. I definitely, whenever I started managing a studio, I was, you know, first and foremost, a fitness person, not a business person. So it can be kind yeah. of like, shock when you jump into the other side I needed someone to teach me marketing I needed someone to teach me yeah. you know sales like all those things that you don't think about so I'm glad that you have supportive people around you um, to help you with that yeah. um, but you mentioned also earlier when we were talking you and some sort of like a nonprofit school program for kids tell us more about that yeah cool so um, that was actually one of my first thoughts when in those early days when I was training you know, two or three people um, on the dirt in, in the village, you know, I was like, I'd be really cool to take CrossFit to schools, you know, um, and, and help, help kids move well um, from the offset. Cause a lot of what I was teaching people, you know, I've been coaching CrossFit for um, about three and a half years now, and I've been CrossFitting nearly seven years. So I'm kind of aware of, of where a lot of people come from. And a lot of what I was teaching people was how to sit down properly, <laughs> you know, just how to squat well um, or pick something off the floor well. Um, and, and I guess prevention is better than cure. Um, and so I was like, if we can teach kids to move well from, from a young age, then we won't be having to, to deal with that at a later, at a later age. Um, but, but you know crossfit's not cheap right because it's so coach intensive and and so one of my thoughts was to you know can can we develop a program that we can take to schools that's backed by by people who believe in it and and um you know various different sports grants and so on um so that we so that we can become a a part of the school's sports curriculum um and so, yeah, that was that was one of the real early thoughts that I that I'd like to do with CrossFit, um, and and actually thinking about how to do that, um, made the decision that actually the first place would that would need to become be coming from a stable CrossFit gym, um, you know, a gym community that can back that and and can and and can bring resources and coaches and etc which was, that was the point that I decided to say, okay, I'm going to do a CrossFit gym. Yeah. Um, and that was the point where I decided to affiliate um, and stick my neck out and do it. And so that, that kind of idea of taking uh, like nonprofit 
um, CrossFit in, into schools is is one of the one of the real building blocks of my gym. Um, so it's, if you like, it's kind of on pause. Um, with, I'm developing um, relationships with with schools locally, um, and I've got a guy that um, is he's he's changing his work next summer, and he's really keen to to help that happen. Um, and so we're, we're in the new year. We're going to start looking at uh, um, starting a charity um, and starting to apply for for grants um, and for different people who might want to back that. Um, but I guess the goal would be to approach a school and say we've got these coaches who are who have these qualifications that are coming from this gym, and we can provide these services, whether that's two or three lessons a week. Um, centered around CrossFit or whether it's after school clubs or whether it's um, holiday clubs or, or whatever it is, whatever the school would, would seem appropriate for them. Um, but but the, I think the long-term goal, I would love for schools to take the CrossFit approach to movement and to fitness um, as, as part of their curriculum, as part of, hey, yeah, we, we teach kids CrossFit so that they can then go and achieve in whatever sport they choose to go in or that that mental gains that you get from from pushing yourself and working hard um yeah that 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 would be a big big part of what i'd like to see happen um over the next you know five years i guess yeah that's awesome um as far as like the for-profit side of the gym where do you see that in three to five years from now yeah um i i want to see i guess somewhere up to about 150 members um, with, you know, with a tight, tight community around it. You know, the, I guess the dream of any gym owner is that you've got, you've got members who aren't going to go anywhere, um, who aren't, they're not flitting around. Um, and for me, that, that centers around the relationship that you have with them, um, not necessarily just the services and the equipment and the, um, the place the place that you provide for them to train, but actually the relationship that they have with the coaches and, and the staff of, of the establishment. Um, and so um, I'd like, yeah, I'd like to see a nice stable 150, um, probably with a team of um, five or six coaches, you know, two or three of those being full-time. Um, and, and then maybe some part-time guys who are using it as a bit of a side hustle or something that they enjoy. Um, and and yeah, and to, to be be developing those different arms from from that stable gym, you know, we talked about the the junior stuff and going into school and um, you know running a competitive track and taking teams to competitions and um, sending individuals to competitions and so on. Um, yeah. Yeah, those are great goals to have. What do you think is like the biggest bottleneck or challenge holding you back from being at 150 members now? Um, I guess immediately, immediately I would say time <laughs> because so far the, the growth has been pretty consistent. Um, you know, we've, we've grown, we've grown really well over the last 18 months and it doesn't look like slowing down. Um, you know, with this side of Christmas, we're, I'm still getting inquiries and new clients and so on. I, I felt like December would be a slow month, but so far it hasn't been that slow. Um, January 
one can assume that's going to be a fairly good month because um, people want to work off all that turkey. Um, and yeah, I, I would, yeah, so I, I think the big, biggest bottleneck would be um, I want to be where I want to see where the gym is in 12 months' time. <laughs> I want to see how many members we've got in 12 months' time. Um, yeah, I'm not struggling to grow at the moment. Um, it's just about want, wanting to make sure that that growth is is continuous and and keeps keeps trickling in members as it, as it is now. Yeah, definitely. I think retention too will probably come into that as well. I mean, you've been open like 18 months, you said. Yeah. Yeah. So, how's your retention been so far? How do you plan to keep these current members long term? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, you want you want to keep the back doors shut, right? Um, so I think it's retention so far has been been okay. There's there's obviously been people who have have moved on, um, and I would say that ninety percent, probably more, of our members are new to CrossFit, um, and so. Um, I'm on the stance that CrossFit can be for everyone, but it's not for everyone. Um, not not everyone. It's not everyone's cup of tea, to use the English expression. <laughs> um, and and so some people try it out for six months, or whatever, and they you know they find something else that works for them, um, and and that's fine. Um, but I think on the on the whole, our retention's been pretty good. Um, yeah, and I think that's because we or I major on the relationship side of thing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very conscious that we, you know, that we, we have interaction with all of our members every time they walk through the door. Um, you know, I, 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 that's a big part of what I ask my other coaches to do is to make sure that they, um, they actually have a conversation with everyone in their class um, rather than just shouting from the front. Um, or they receive personal coaching every class, you know, that everybody walks out feeling like they've, they've, they've gotten something from that um, rather than, rather than just working hard. Um, and um, yeah, and I think, I think the social element, um, we've had a couple of social events recently. Um, like I did, I did a bit of an event for my birthday and we did a Christmas in-house competition just last week. And that kind of stuff can really, really help gel people together um and and allow them to to meet people they wouldn't normally meet and to hang out with the person that they're screaming at to do more thrusters you know and and that that really helps with that cohesion of, of relationship and and I think if the coaches are right there in the thick of that then then I think that that says a lot to to what a community is and if I'm honest I think people post-covid are desperate for community um just because we that was kind of ripped from under our feet wasn't it and um i think i think people feel the need for community more now than ever um and and having that coupled with with fitness it, it which is another thing that was ripped from under, under people's feet during covid i think i think it's a winning combination so i think people it's, it's something that people really want and, and need um in the, in this time Okay, so Derek, I'd love for you to tell the listeners something that you wish you would have known um, back when you started the gym. So what's something, um, a piece of advice you would give to someone who's looking to open a gym? Maybe something you wish you would have known before, 18 months uh, ago. Um, that's a really good question. Two things, I guess. One is um, how, much, how many hours need to go into it? 
um like how many how many hours you need to put into like you said you got the you got the pt kind of sports side of it which is which is one thing but then the business side of it um it's a whole nother arena um you know i i had a little bit of experience about running businesses previous um but it's i always did it with someone else and so, and so now i'm kind of on my own with that so there's you know so many hours in in stuff that isn't directly going to pay you um but is necessary um and i guess the other thing would be um like the the long um the long-term gains of it um in and what i mean by that is is the the benefits that you're going to give the people that you're training like the long-term benefits for that there's i've got like a whole load of new friends that that are going to be friends for a long time um and i kind of wish i knew that because i'd be it would have been like more excited to do it um but also that it takes time it takes time to to get get to where you want it to be um and i don't think you're ever going to get it to where you want it to be if you're someone who's going to be starting a gym you're going to have some someone who's got some kind of vision um and if you're someone who's got some kind of vision there's always a new place to be a new place to get to um so i guess just being expectant that there's always going to be a journey on it definitely yeah i totally agree i feel like as entrepreneurs there's always that like want to grow that always like never satisfied yeah. where it could always be better um but yeah definitely yeah. appreciate your wins when they come um because we can we can tend to get so fixated on what we don't have that we don't realize you know the amazing thing that we've built along the way so yeah great great advice to wrap up with there derek um tell us where can we find you what's your social media what's your website yeah, sure. It's um, it's crossfitbosom.co.uk. Um, social media, we're on Instagram uh, um, at crossfitbosom. Um, yeah. So yeah, please do look us up and give us a shout. And if anyone's ever in the area, South England, um, really, really welcome to come and come and train or just have a look or have a coffee or whatever. Um, yeah, or I, lo- I love hosting new people and I, I love hosting people who are just in the area for a little bit as well. So yes, don't, yeah. don't be afraid to come and say hi. Awesome. I'll have to come by. <laughs> That's on my bucket Please list. Please do. All right. Well, thank you so much, Derek, for your contribution today. And to everyone who tuned in, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description and we will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. 
What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton. And joining us on the show is Nick from Body Transformation Center in the UK. What's going on, Nick? How are you doing today? I'm good, Emily. Are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for asking. So before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on at the Body Transformation Center, please tell us a little bit about how you describe your business and what made you want to start the gym in the first place. Okay, so um, our, the, the Body Transformation Center in Loughborough, uh, we basically work with uh, highly stressed individuals, people that are either usually business owners, entrepreneurs, or professionals that have very busy, hectic lifestyles and need a bit of downtime and shut off, um, but need some accountability there as well. Um, we mainly work with over 40s. Um, and, you know, part of the reason I got into this uh, setting up a gym is so we could a impact more people uh, because I knew what it was like to be a stressed out individual in a previous life um, and I often use the gym to de-stress myself um, and, and shut off but keep fit at the same time basically is a short of it <laughs> yeah I mean that's that's pretty cool so you were saying earlier just is that like you used to be a stressed out individual is at that point in your life did you start to like work out more is that how you kind of got into it yeah, um, there was a lot of stress and pressure in my last career because um, we was in the family business and um, the recession hit um, and, and amongst some deaths in the family as well. Um, and I, at the time, because of the stress, purely dealing with all the stress levels of everything, um, I did start to train a lot more than I was doing. I was using exercise as a way of sort of doing that. But I, I never really, the weird part is I never realised that I was doing that until about three or four in years into my career as a PT and having a conversation with um, somebody. And then I suddenly thought about it and I thought I was actually that stressed individual that was training <laughs> to, de to, to shut off. I just didn't necessarily, um, I didn't feel like I needed a PT or a coach at that time. I was just going to doing it myself because I knew I always used to read like the men's health magazines and stuff. And that's, uh, so I knew quite a bit about stuff and I already knew quite a bit about nutrition and stuff before sort of entering the industry. But yeah, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sure like your members are, are very happy to have, cause you can relate to that kind of stuff. Uh, being yeah. a business professional stressed out. Um, and also that helps to like limit their excuses because if you've done it, they can do it too. So yeah. with that being said, what type of services are you offering to your members? um we mainly offer small group pt or uh, as we describe it to our members it's called semi-private personal training um the way this is delivered is in a small group of one to six um and when we describe in it to uh new clients that are looking to get started with us we will describe it as personal training but in a small group environment uh because i think be honest with you there's a very big difference between small group or group training um opposed to personal training in a small number um because sometimes people will train people in like one to 14 and still call it small group mm -hmm. um but you can't personalize that we physically personalize all the training sessions to the clients we have a skeletal structure but then we personalize it dependent on injury and ability um, and that is what makes us stand out very different to a lot of the other places that would class air stuff as small group. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah. 
So <clears throat> would like the semi-private personal training. I know you said you do, uh, you know, pretty good in, a lot of information about nutrition. Yeah. Um, do you offer like nutrition coaching or anything like that? Accountability coaching? Y yeah, we, we, we sort of bolt that alongside our, our services have altered over the years, just like the size of the uh, semi-private PT, the numbers in the groups have altered. Um, what we found is, we tend to find is over the years, because I've been PT for 10 years now, um, but basically I found over the years that people can only focus for a set period of time. And that may be uh, a six-week period, a 12-week period, you know, maybe even six months. But at some point they need to go back into like a, a maintenance phase, maintenance phase, because a lot of people generally start with is on a weight loss phase, and then they sort of uh, move into more of a maintenance and general health based goals. Um, things have changed a little bit since COVID with that side, but uh, we we do give some nutritional guidance and information, and um, we have a bolt on ex plans as well that we can add on now as well. We've recently introduced these new bolt on plans uh, for people to want that extra bits of accountability. Um, and uh, more uh, personalization around the nutrition side of things. Um, you know, and we found since we've added that as a bolt on, you know, just for month by month, so they can just add that onto their membership. They, we've, we found we've had quite a good uptake and the, the client's results just jump massively. Um, because I don't think people need to be told what to do all of the time. I think it's just too much for a, the majority of people i think yeah. there's a lot to be said in less is more <laughs> um but i think also at the same time with a lot of pts people sign up to pts thinking that the pt is going to do the work for them um which we all know that's not not the case yeah. um you know you can be an amazing pt but if that client's not compliant or um you know the, the approach you're giving them is not suitable and they're not maybe communicating they won't necessarily get the results that they're chasing yeah. So are you finding that the people who do like do the is like add on with the nutrition um, education that those are yeah. the people who are getting the best results? Best in results when it comes to aesthetics. Yes. Got it. Yeah. Uh, the differentiation there. Yeah. Yes. Okay. There's a very, very clear difference. There is a very clear difference. Yeah. Um, and you need to understand that. And any PT or newbie gym owner. Um, also needs to understand what they're trying to achieve um, with their client base um, because my my client base has diversified a hell of a lot over the years um, and you know I've, I've gone from being um, part of the reason we came up with the branding with Body Transformation Centre is because um, initially I was focusing on rapid body transformations in six to twelve weeks um, and I was getting some incredible results um, but uh, it, for a lot of people, that isn't sustainable for the long term because you might have that extra push, that extra accountability. You might be more focused and everything dialed in. But people also have lives. Um, and, you know, we have to sort of build, every, build the fitness and all the nutritional guidance into that lifestyle um, to, to make that all work, basically. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the marketing aspect of things because yeah. you know if you can't if you can't get your name out there and you can't you know find people then you're not going to be able to you know leave your legacy and create impact on your community so yeah if i <clears throat> let's say i'm a business professional like working in, in corporate like the niche that you're looking for 
Mm. How would I know that you guys are out there? Um, well, the main main route for most of our people is through Facebook ads these days. <laughs> um, okay. is, and we've been, we've been using it, Facebook ads since we got first exposed to them on and off um, since about 2013. Um, mm. Prior to that, I was always had referrals or I was in working in a commercial gym. So there was access to a client base already mm -hmm. um, uh, or we'd run free tasters. But um, with opening a gym, it's a very different ball game. Um, you need a bigger inflow because you've got bigger expense levels. So you have to look at paid marketing. I think if you think you can build a business off organic marketing, hmm. you're in for a very big shot. <laughs> I mean, I am so glad that you brought that up because even when I was in the fitness industry, if somebody would have asked me this question, paid advertisement was not going to be the first thing out of my mouth. I would have been like, uh, word of mouth, referrals, community engagement, and not to say that that stuff can't help, but talk a little bit about why you think like paid advertisement and I make I think I'm I may be making an assumption about it. like do you think this is the best way to go about marketing and why? Yeah. So um, with regards to that side of things, um, I think I, you know, like you were saying, I don't I wouldn't um, say organic marketing isn't to be done. I'm not saying that at all. You right. need it as part of a, a bigger spider web is the way I describe it. So everything links together. So you need to make sure you're getting your Google reviews, getting um, your posts up on Instagram, whether it's videos or not. I mean, YouTube, we, we've been, uh, I'll tell you so quickly that might help some other gym owners. We've been testing. Now, whilst we haven't got loads of subscribers, we haven't been consistent with this. We have been testing doing YouTube shorts and the number of views we're getting on those is astronomical. Um, and I've been learning a little bit about them and how it works. And um, we're going to start pushing a lot more that way um, because there's a huge opportunity to get exposure that way. Um, but I think you need an organic spider web, build that out. But then to compound that is to have a paid marketing campaign. Now, you know, depend on your demographic will depend on where you target. Um, and we've personally been using Facebook for many years. Um, you know, we spend quite a lot of money with them. Um, we've, we, I think we've spent probably the best part of 50 or 60 grand in the eight, last eight years. That gives you some idea of how much we spend on a monthly basis. Um, we've spent a lot more in the last and being more consistent in the last four years since we, or yeah, four and a bit years since we opened the gym. So um, I, I think... Oh. Would you say that you've gotten a return on your investment from using? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, we used to know that we'd be able to invest for every pound that we invest, we'd get X amount back. Um, that ratio has dropped over the years um, because the marketplace has got more competitive. Uh, Facebook's also changed its algorithms and its setup yeah. and what you can and can't do. Um, but, but. I, I do think that if you're if you want to have a successful business in this day and age, you've got to pay to play. And I was very against that, but you know, um, after a lot of challenges and maybe not the best first initial start, and then going into using more ads more consistently, yeah. I've realised how important that is. Yeah. So is are you guys like current? Are you still like running the ads currently now? Yes, yeah, yeah. We're still running them. We 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 run them all year round. We don't 
we don't really stop um, anymore okay. because it, I'll tell you why. So here's the thing. You, you will expose yourself to people um, that are watching but won't acknowledge they're watching. And you will often find, and we get this quite a lot, and we, we find that people will see what we've done, see the number of posts, whether organic or paid, and then six months down the line, they will contact us and say, oh, I seen your ad six months ago. Um, I wasn't ready then. Or, you know, I was debating and I was nervous and I wanted to see more. You need to build that rapport with people. And I think the page just gets you in front of a lot more people a lot faster um, at the end of the day. Okay. So, I mean, with the ads, like what does that lead to like consistent opportunities? So like with the way you have it set up, are they, is it leading to your website so that they can fill out an application and eventually come in for a consult? Yeah. So the, 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 we've used a number of different methods over the years um, from using like uh, an ad into driving them into our website to like a, a landing page. Um, or, and, we've, and we've used also lead ads where it's directly on uh, Facebook's uh, internal systems. Um, strangely, our area, um, and for mine, on my campaigns, we always find that lead ads performs a lot better um, than conversions um, on, a, on where it goes into our website. Mm -hmm. So we predominantly run um, lead-based ads um like internally on so it stays on facebook and he just uses the contact details of the, the the facebook member um now we have tried at the start of this year we did run a campaign it was all conversions and we got a huge huge uh probably the cheapest leads i've seen for four or five years <laughs> um which I, I couldn't believe when we did some work with uh, a marketing ad agency and um it worked for about three or four weeks and then it fell off again. And then we had to switch back to going to lead ads again. Um, so it's, you have to just keep testing. There's no set way. Um, you have to keep testing, but the, the return on investments and everything is like, yeah, you can't, there's nothing else out there like it. <clears throat> yes. hundred percent agree with you on that point. So, okay. Let's say that I'm a lead. Well, let me cycle back. Like when you're doing the Facebook ads, how many like I guess opportunities would you say that's leading to like basically how many leads does that lead to on a consistent basis for you guys? Le leads leads will vary month to month, so it depends on how much our ad spend is on the daily spend. Um, we've moved. Uh, we were doing some men's and women's targeting, but we found that we get better response from females, um, and our our female cost per lead is a lot less. And cost okay. of conversion is also a lot less. We yeah. find that males generally want short-term programs and not long-term. Um, and don't get me wrong, we do have some male clients, and you know it makes it probably forty percent. That we've probably got thirty-five percent of our client base at the minute. Um, but um, but yeah, in in terms of um, the volumes, you know sometimes we'll get um, thirty leads or like when we ran some different campaigns at the start of the year, we were getting sometimes like hundred plus leads a month. Um, you know, we're, if we can get on the phone with these people, we'll, we'll usually convert them uh, anywhere between um, sort of 25 and 50% if we can get them on the phone. 
but it, 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 at the end of the day, it's getting people on the phone or into the gym that uh, makes a real difference um, yeah. so, I mean, at the I end of the day. It's important for the people listening to know that just because you get 100 leads in does not mean that you're going to have 100 opportunities no. to help somebody. So no. what does that look like? Like, say you get like 100 leads in, how many people are coming in and showing up? If this is the way you do it, like, mm. are you having them come into the gym for a consult? We, we, most of the time we don't do that. We tend to call them now. Um, we used to run consultations when we used to run higher front end cost programs. So when we had a higher priced initial offer, um, we used to do that, but now we don't do that. Um, we, we sort what we offer now is like a 28 day trial. I'll just tell you, it's like a 28 day trial. Um, but we, it's positions as like a kickstart program. Um, and it basically lets them test out one of our main programs. So we include all the same stuff as what we do, uh, but just at a discounted rate. Um, and we've tested all sorts of price points with this to find what yeah. works. Um, we've just, we found that going too high causes problems with, uh, conversions into the long-term programs going too low attracts the wrong type of members um or the ones that maybe can't afford the longer term so there's a fine balance and you're and, and i'll you know i'll be very transparent just because your business mentor or somebody you know in the industry is in a different part of the country is doing it one way don't think you've got to do it that way or that price point because it may not work for your area of the country. It is very different from person to person. And I know this because myself and a friend uh, are in two very different areas uh, and he sells a lot of 300 pound programs front end and converts into a 99 pound back end program. Right. And we sell clients in a 149 pound front end. And uh, their back end is anywhere between 160 and 199. So there's, um, um, we've got similar conversion levels. <laughs> yeah. So, so when it comes to like like front end cash, like the which is like the cash that you're collecting when somebody yeah. signs up, have you experimented like with the pricing for that? Like, have you tried? And I think you said this earlier. You guys used to do a little bit like more high higher price. Yeah. yeah. We did, yeah. So, so we've experienced, we've played around with a few things. So, um, so I, I, I'll tell you. So, um, we tested this twenty-eight day program at ninety-nine pounds a couple of years ago, and we got more sales, but the back end conversions weren't as high. And since we put it, we then took it up to one two nine, and then one four nine. We seem to find that one four nine is a good price point for us, um, because it's not much jump to people to stay on for the longer term. Um, and that could also be to do with the area because we're higher priced than most people in the area. Um, so th that could also be to do with it. Um, in terms of other programs we've run, we used to run a six week program at 300 pounds and we used to get a lot of sales on that on the front end. But what we'd find is most people are very short sighted and they'd do the six weeks and then they'd stop because they'd be like, oh, I've done it now. I've fixed. <laughs> I can go on my way. I've lost 20 odd pounds. <laughs> like, which we even though we positioned all the, the wording we would use it was about the long term and the, all the back-end emails that they would get into say it was all about long-term lifestyle change um it still didn't encourage the conversions likewise well, when uh, I first, why do you think that was because i mean I, yeah we live in a in a microwave mentality when people just want instant results but like yeah. why do you think that people were coming in like at a higher price and then not really seeing the value in like a longer term commitment 
I, I think I think people get very narrow-minded when they've got a, what they do is they put a price in their head and and go right. That's what I'm allocating now. We all know what a Bentley costs. We all know what a Porsche costs. But if I said to you, do you know how much it's going to cost to go and fix your boiler at home because it's broken down or your heating system that you're using, you would be like, I don't know. Okay, I'm going to put £500 towards it. The boiler consultant comes out and then tells you it's 2000 You're going to be like, oh, like this. <laughs> um, but you might get somebody that say, I'll patch it um, and, and do it. It'll work for maybe $600 or 600 pounds. And then you'll go, okay, then. So they'll do that. But then, you know, the boiler might break down again in six weeks, um, yeah. but it'll be temporary fix. And it's the same with human beings, right? So people have this perception of what they should invest. Um, not everyone knows what it costs because they, they see, you know, gyms is a very general word from 24 seven gyms to, you know, personal training gyms. So is there anything that you think you, that you would have like looking back that you guys could have done better to keep the people for a longer period of time after they were coming off of that? Was it the six week? Yeah. After six week programs. Um, I, I really don't know if there is because we were getting phenomenal results. Some of these people were losing anywhere up to 27 pounds you know, and 12% body fat in six weeks, that is phenomenal results. Um, I just, you know, we did quite a lot for them. The accountability was high. Um, I wonder sometimes if we probably should have gotten worse results. <laughs> I know that sounds really wrong, but so, sometimes pe people have set their mind and they go, right, okay, I can do this. And they often will over expect what, what they're going to achieve. Um, you know, and they'll be like, oh, I want to lose a stone in the next three weeks. <laughs> like, and then they'll go all in, but then they realize they can't actually do the all in part of it. Um, and, you know, I, um, with regards to that side of things, we used to run uh, a 12 week program that we'd charge a thousand pounds for prior to that. Um, and that was great. We got a really good level of client and we'd again get signups. Uh, Signups were a little bit less, but we'd do a face-to-face -face consultation, so there's a bit more value there. Um, and we'd convert people onto £300 plus a month programs, generally, mm -hmm. which which was good. Um, and that was when semi-private was in its early days. Um, but the, the number of people that can afford that amount, depending on what your area you're in, was a lot less. So keeping those people after that 12 weeks, again, sometimes was a challenge the, the, the percentage was a, was a challenge so I've, like i say i've tested quite a number of different things i think we right now we're converting a decent number of people we're also getting in quite a decent number that sign up every month as well really? so yeah yeah to the front end offers and then converting them up um so, i mean yeah, like, so you bring up a good point there like so how many like clients would you say you guys are able to convert on a month-to-month -month basis now so, so if we're getting on the phone and getting the, the people in, um, let's say we had um, 10, uh, let's say we had like, I don't know, 30 leads, we, we might uh, that get 10 sales, okay? Um, and then those 10 sales onto the 28-day program would then convert anywhere, um, anywhere sort of between 50 and 80% conversion rate into the long term. Um, but it depends 
we 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 no not sure if having one of the coaches uh, work for us put off some of the conversions on a couple of the months because you know the people that you have worked for you is a big part of what you do and it can be easily go very wrong if you're not careful um but um our conversions generally you know if we're having like maybe 10 people a month signing up our conversions generally will be somewhere in the region of about 70 percent on an average month when we're getting all the sales come through we've had the last few months the leads have been very slow or we haven't been spending as much on spend um but yeah i mean i think i think from a conversions point of view um you know we convert reasonably well um but then you also get spells of levers um uh, especially with what's going on with the current climate climate you will get a a, a small amount of people that leave especially the ones on the lower end programs um all our higher end programs are relatively untouched in the in yeah. the grand scheme of things for us okay so that's also another good point that you brought up as well it's just like when you are getting people in the door maybe there's like a few people that are leaving each month so are you finding that you know with the attrition are you guys able to stay in the positives with new members yeah, I mean, we did have a, we had a, we had a phase over summer which was weird, um, and I, I don't know why, but um, so start of the, start of the year, our our retention has been about ninety seven, ninety eight percent from the start of the year all the way through till about July, and then we had a bit of a fall off. Uh, we, I mean, we lost ten percent uh, of members uh, in uh, August and uh, September. So we had quite a big hit on those two months. Um, but at the same time, the new sales weren't coming through as uh, fast as it normally would. So uh, everything slowed down, but there was a few issues with staffing numbers, me being able to manage everything. When you've got a small business, a small team, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time training my team up because I want to be them delivering what I would deliver um, in my way. Um, so I think there's a fine line there. And that, you know, that's probably a whole nother conversation, but um, yeah but august and september are a bit slower um this year which again is an unusual trend that we don't normally see and but we've seen that happen same thing happen in uh 2021 um so yeah i mean normal trends in the fitness industry have changed quite a bit but um but yeah that, that, does that answer what you're asking sorry <laughs> That answered the question thank you um so we're, it's almost a good place for us to wrap up i have two more questions for you and yeah. something that we were talking about pre-like interview is the fact that you transitioned from an industry from, from something that was completely different than our fitness industry, right? Mm. So what piece of advice do you have for people that are making that transition into a new industry? Where there's like certain skill sets that you found that you needed to work on more so than others? Um, yeah, so I think if if anyone's transferred like moving industries like totally from a different industry like I did, um I think you can carry over quite a lot of your business skills that you've already got, especially if you've worked in management or as a director. Um, but but go and learn the fitness industry, go and learn what sells and what doesn't. And I, if I had my time again, and there was a place like mine operating, I would go and snap their hands off to take a job. Because if you get the right small group personal training gym or personal training gym, um, the owners will salary you. They'll put you on a good... Um, salary, uh, education courses, um, and teach you the ropes. 
and learn, maybe spend four years there because building a personal training business on your own, flip me for the first three years. That's all it works. So it's really like finding, you know, some mentors or business owners that already have what you're looking for. Yes. I I mean, I started investigating business mentors in 2012. So like literally uh, when I was getting started, um, but I didn't really do anything to it till like late 2013 because I didn't want to spend the money. But um, I think, you know, we, we all live and learn. And my advice is probably go, like you say, go and grab a mentor of some description, find someone, you know, that maybe is recommended. Um, there's plenty of things that you can find out and just be careful who you sign up with uh, because there's a lot of bad ones out there as well. <laughs> All righty. Uh, the last question I have for you, uh, one of my favorite questions that, I, that I've started asking recently is, if I was a genie and I gave you three wishes, right? <laughs> what would you use those just those three wishes on to improve, basically to get to where you're at, to where you want to be? Um, I think more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, I mean, I think ultimately it comes down to time. When you're a small business owner, I think it comes down to time. Having uh, There's lots of systems out there. It's having the resources to do it. If you as a genie, I would ask you for an admin member of staff, which I've recently took on anyway, just recently. Um, and I would add, ask you for another coach, <laughs> one that's reliable and is prepared to stay. Um, but um, I'll, I would probably also um, look at better back-end systems. I think there's a lot to be said about having a good quality CRM that can manage absolutely everything for you. Um, not necessarily a fitness system, but a, a good quality CRM um, that's, that allows a lot of the automations to be done for you where you don't have to keep repeating everything, um, I would say. Um, but other than that, I'd, I'm not sure. I can't. It's a hard question to answer. <laughs> I don't think that, I think I'll probably use all my wishes anyway. But, um, wish. but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, every three wishes, like, what, what what's the bigger goal like what outcome would this lead to for you yeah i mean um if, if it was gonna um for, for me i would like to own multiple sites and i think there's certain things that need to be done like having the staff in place the right staffing in place and just having better systems in place which we we are working on because we've got lots of pieces of puzzle but they're just not all connected because of my time availability at the minute I keep having to, st- I was in a good point where we went, I wasn't doing any coaching and I started to build, put everything together. But, um, it, 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 you know, things happen and um, stuff you can't plan for. And, um, yeah, sometimes things have to change. So that's what I've ended up doing. But, uh, like, ho- hopefully I'll be able to carry on working on that to build, to finish building out the systems that we've got. Right. That then, then once we're operating at that higher level, and everything's running smoothly and we can test that because I think, you know, you can get yourself filled. You can do all the selling you want for front end programs and back end programs. But ultimately if you're burning more clients than you're retaining, you've got a serious issue going on there. Um, And there's a few things we're working on at the minute to fix some of our, the smaller things that are going on. And, and we've actually randomly bought on one of our clients who used to be an operations manager in a big company and um, he's already suggested a few things based upon his own experiences with us um, that I think would make a huge 
difference to us. And then, you know, it's then test that, let it run, and then build from there into whatever else we do, whether it's franchising or or whether we do go down the route of opening more sites privately. In a private chain, as I think Alex describes it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I watched his video the other day. Yeah. Okay, Nick. Well, really, really good conversation. But this is a pretty good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. So before we sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Okay, so um, if you want to come and find me, um, you can find us under Body Transformation Center. Um, and that name is pretty much across YouTube, Facebook, um, Google, um, Instagram. Um, I think we've, we've got our TikTok as well running now. So you can yeah. find us on any of those. Um, and if you anyone has any questions as a gym owner, I'm more than happy to help out because I quite often get that stuff because I've been doing it for quite a while now. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, Nick, thank you so much for your time and contribution That's to the good. podcast. And we're really looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. So to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords. Oh. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.